Hello, my name is Bobby O'Perry. This is the 10th episode of Be Perry Bounce Podcast. Today we'll be discussing how to find your voice and steps to finding your passion. Today's guest, we have Lenny Bradford, who is a blues magician for Joe Lewis Walker playing bass. True story. <laughs> we will be sharing both of our stories as to finding ourselves and hopefully it inspires you to find yours. Okay. Now, Lenny, please can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit of your background story? My name is Lenny Bradford. I live in the Boston area. I have lived in the Boston area ever, ever since I was 18. I moved up here to go to college. I was originally born in Reading, Pennsylvania, and I played around there. You know, I was in, in school, I was always about music. So it was just a logical progression for me to move up to Boston to be to study music at the Boston at in Boston at Berkeley uh, College of Music, and uh, I, you know, I just meet folks wherever I go and play along with them. <laughs> I uh, and you know, and through that, through the course of doing that, I've had all these different musical experiences, not just playing music but teaching music. And I got to be a Boston school teacher too for a little while. Again, teaching music, which is how I met you. And uh, it's playing music. Music is uh, music and love. What else is there? <laughs> I feel you. So we'll start out by defining finding your voice and your definition. How do you go about this? Finding your voice. It's definitely a learning curve. It is always about what you hear in your head, what you're feeling in your heart. And also, because like some of that time you might be thinking, oh, this is right, this is right. And it's like, oh no, it's very wrong. So you have to like adjust and like, you know, you. that's why we have teachers. That's why we have mentors. That's why we have like, people who are who have been there and you watch them and you and you like oh they're doing it a little different than what i do because and you add adapt that and that becomes part of you when you take that in and you internalize that what comes out is all you you know mm -hmm. it's not them anymore and it's not them and you it's the both of that and that that combining that is you and that is how you get your voice because you're constantly learning you are constantly learning you, you don't stop learning until you die you know it's and there's so much to learn so much to learn that's true yeah you're just constantly you know it's like because you hear something new. And if you're listening or, or watching, uh, because it doesn't matter the art form. It doesn't matter the art form. As long as you're listening and watching and seeing new things come in, that affects you. And you can it's like, oh, okay. I can incorporate a little bit of this. And it adds more and makes your voice more prominent and more distinct 
that's the word, more distinct. Because when, when your voice is so distinct, everybody knows. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's, he drew that. Oh yeah, that's him on the radio. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I, I know his dancing style. Yeah, identify who, who they know. are. Yeah. yeah. You know, I would so. say for me, I think it has to do with self-awareness. Your how you find yourself starts as a baby, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Both of your parents, the gene comes inside of you. It doesn't matter how good or how bad of a parent is, you're gonna build up your own personality. And while you're growing up, you have all these external factors who morph you into this person. And it's up to you to take control, kind of, as you grow up in age. It's kind of like when people say, when your kid hits double digits, it's not on you as a parent anymore. It's more on them. So it's like, how do you teach your kid these valuable skills that can implement them in the long run for good terms and how do you get rid of the negative energy and push that back in the past you know it's like as a parent <laughs> as a parent i know? can say that you are always constantly invested in your children mm -hmm. i am anyway you know it's like they don't come to me all the time when you know if something's wrong you know i don't expect them to do they're 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 in their twenties, and you know they're in their twenties now, and thirties. Uh, my old, my son is thirty three, and it's like they are grown. They're grown people, but mm -hmm. you're still invested in them, and they're learning, and you want to help them. And yes, like you say, it is the taking it all in and stuff, but. I don't know, you know, <laughs> you That's know, awareness. It's like, what makes you happy? What makes you sad? Yeah. What, what is that kind of like fulfillment that you feel each time? Like you can start out. Um, if, I'm not sure if you read the book, Tiger Mama, um, but they were talking about how it was like an Asian culture where you have to get like straight A's. You have to learn how to play an instrument. And sometimes the kids are just like, I don't want to do this. I have a knack for something else. I want to try this out. And sometimes the parents don't understand, but when you take that initiative to show them, this is what I enjoy, this is my hum experience, that fulfillment, then I might motivate them to be like, oh, okay, maybe we can add this on too, or, you know, keep growing and growing because life is an ongoing journey. You don't know what's going to happen. Very like. True. It rains, it snows, it hails, but how are you going to respond to that? Are you going to just stay in your house all day or are you going to go out and do something productive? You know? True. Very <laughs> true. Very true. Very true. And that's where having, again, being invested in your child, you have, you teach them about what is negative and what to stay away from. And you want to instill good values in them and you want them to be able to speak to you honestly honestly you know you know my, my son was playing trombone for a while and he's playing piano and I was happy yeah 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 but then there came a point where he didn't want to do that anymore and I was like but I had to realize it's his journey not my journey yeah you know 
and I want him to be, I want him to be happy. I want him to follow his journey the way he sees it and the way for him to learn that internalizing thing, you know, and for it to come out as him, as you do, you know, all the things that you are involved in, they come out as Bobby Perry, right? Yeah. But everybody has their own identity. You don't, Just because you see someone doing something doesn't mean that's right for you. You don't know their journey. You don't know what obstacles occurred. All you see is like the achievements that you see on the news or articles and stuff. But are they truly happy where they are? And that's the question that we don't always ask. That's very true. That's why also you can't really judge people. Because also when you've been around people, like here's an example. There's a very famous guitar player that I had played with and he's known, he was known as a, as like a, a he was from Britain, um, from England. And he was known as a very famous pop guy and, and a rock star, you know? And so that's what everybody knows him as. When I got into rehearsal with him and we're hanging out, we're playing, we're talking. I learned he had all these other sides and I was surprised. And then like, wait a second, I had been judging this man from what I'd seen like on TV or bloody blah, blah, wolf, crackle and pop. And it was like, that was totally wrong on my part. And here he was, he was this multifaceted artist. And I was like, oh, and it really woke me up to not, not, be, not judging anybody, anybody, you know, like, because there's, there's so many other things that goes on in people's lives and that you don't see, that you don't see, but they have, they still have all this other stuff going on. And so I was like, yeah, like you were saying, exactly as you were saying. How do you identify, like, how do you go to this place of saying in conversation when people ask you who you are, not just your nationality, your culture and stuff like that, but who are you? as Lenny Bradford, who are you as Bobby Perry? Who are you as a viewer or teacher or student or whatever your occupation is? Where do we, at what age and what time frame, or if I even as an age, when is, when is finding our voice appropriate to be like, this is who I am, I don't care what you say, but I'm proud to be the person I am today, you know? Well, that should be, that should be instantly. You, you should always be proud of who you are. Always, always, never, never, never back down from that. Never be shy of that because we're, we're all different and we're all, and being Americans, unless you're 100% Native American, Indian, Native American, you're from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So everybody is here mixing around, mixing around. There's, you know, somebody has a relative that's like, part this, part that, part this. It's part of the American experience. We're all, we're all made up of so many different things. And we should all be proud of all of that and stand up for all of that, you know, and no one should give you, give you crap for that. No one's, no one's, you know, put you down for, you know, like, uh, you know, he's, yeah, you know, he's one of those crazy, blah, blah. No, 
That is so wrong. That is so wrong. It, and not in just my opinion, that is just wrong morally. Mm-hmm. I stick with that. I stand by that. Yeah. Now, you know, when I had you guys, I always was trying to get you guys to be you. And I always just wanted to show you guys other things that were out in the world. That's why, like, when I would go on those tours and I come back, I would bring you guys globes. I used to bring back globes to the school uh, from the different countries so y'all could see the different, you know, languages. You know, we're not just speaking English. You know, the English is not the only language in the world. You know, I know I remember bringing a globe back from uh, China. So there was a globe all in Mandarin that, that the school had. There was one all in German, all in um, the Dutch language, you know, just so you guys could see it's a big world out there. And, you know, we need to embrace all of that. You need to see all of that. You need and you should be proud of who you are when you go out there. You say, yeah, man, I'm Bobby Perry. I'm from back in Boston. How you doing? You know? <laughs> right and I people should it. be able to go oh hi bobby Perry. yeah yeah come on. come on come hang with us come see how we dance you know flamingo when you're in spain you know come see come see you know wherever you are wherever you are you know come you know come eat some crawdads with us down here in, in louisiana you know i still remember the time when we were in class and you brought us to the studio and we had to develop a song and lyrics and chorus. And I was just like, I'm good at writing, but I'm like, I don't know how this is gonna turn out. And it wasn't that bad, but it's just like getting into that initial um, step has nothing to do with imposter syndrome at all. It's just like, how do you feel comfort with just you, this mic, someone in the background doing little auto-tunes or whatever you need to do, the engineers. Uh, making you sound good and hearing your voice for the first time like even when I do this podcast it's just like it's so weird and then I have to edit through it and I'm just like maybe I shouldn't have said that maybe implement that <laughs> here's a like, question for you hours. here's a question for you <laughs> tell me about what it feels like for you hearing your voice uh, uh, like when you're standing there listening you're like oh okay I'm this, I heard uh, that I said that you know like how I'm hearing it and you're kind of hearing it from a third person's lens. So like when your internal thoughts are like, okay, I get this. Like it's one thing of being in a state of mind of I have to perform this, but being in a present moment, that's a surreal experience. What about the sound? The sound was good. We got to try out different instruments, different, um, well, not strings and chords, but it was just like me, just trying out different beats, like up tempo, low tempo. And you just try to find the one that matches what your voice, maybe you should speed up the pace of how you're pronouncing your language or dialogue right. or maybe slow it down. So it sounds like more innocent. It just depends on what your groove is. Right. And I, and I, and my job was to put the chords to what you guys were, what you came up with. And, and, you know, it's like, okay, because, I wanted it to be as much you and the way you were feeling and what you were hearing and seeing in your life. You know, that's what that's what they were all about. That's what I was about, you know, to, to have you guys have your experience on tape, on a CD, on vinyl. So like you guys could see and hear 
Oh, and you can come back 10 years later and go, oh, that, you know, okay. Because those were good. You all did a good job, I thought. Thank you. <laughs> it was a fun experience just seeing everyone and their different interpretations yeah. of what they were thinking, what they were feeling, because it wasn't the same song. Everybody had different energies. Everybody had different backgrounds, even though that we went to the same school, but everyone's experience is different and how we integrate story. And we actually created a CD at the end, I think, right? Yes. So, yeah. Have it. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you know what? Maybe at the end of this, I'll go up and uh, I think I know where it is upstairs. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go find it. Uh, my room here is a mess. We had a flood. Uh, what? the water heater. And so this was Lake Bradford here, this all the basement, everything. So we had to quick move my instruments. We were moving books, everything, you know, all the stuff my wife was working on and stuff, you know, we had to get all that out of the way and put it up. So it, it was no flood damage and stuff like that. And it, was, it was a mess, man. So, but, so I'm still slowly, but surely getting all my stuff back together and, and finding stuff. But at the end of this, I'll go. Up, I'll go grab that CD. Well, we just call that the artist room. It's not supposed to be clean. <laughs> just ideas out. Like you should. Know how I am. I just throw papers everywhere, and I I try to be green. Like I try to do everything electronic, but um, sometimes you got to print things out. Like if you're reading contracts, yes. I want. To, I'm reading everything fine detail because sometimes you get strain in your eye from looking at computers. Yes. But, yeah, I try to be as green as possible, though. <laughs> right. Right. Good for you, man. Good for you. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Man. Next question. <laughs> Part of finding a voice, you have to figure out what motivates you. So what got you into playing music? And then how was that experience of doing it for the first time? Kind of like the same question that you were asking me. Okay. I was about say 11 or 12, I was 12 years old. I was 12 years old and I was riding in the car with my aunt and the song came on the radio. And for the first time in my life, I really understood, I heard the bass and I understood what, and I was like, ah. and I'm freaking out. She's like, you okay? I'm with her. Listen to the bass, listen to the bass. And she goes, What's that? <laughs> and, so, and I explained to her. And I so I started singing the bass part with her. She said, oh, yeah, I hear it. I hear it. And so her and I were listening to it uh, on the way up. Uh, we were driving. And then it was like, that was like that light bulb moment that went off in my head. And from then on, it was like, that's all I could think about. I wanted to play bass because I had been playing music. I played piano. Uh, I played trombone. I played a, you know, and they were okay. They were, you know, it wasn't what I wanted. But when I heard the bass, that hit me in the heart. That hit me in the heart, Bobby. And that was what I wanted. That's that how it felt for I me. My first dance class. I'm just like, I'm an introvert, so I was really shy. So I tried hiding the back a little bit, and they're like, "Nope, you're coming to the front." <laughs> there you go. Just like, wow. It was like a life-changing experience. I started out in ballet, got inspired by the Nutcracker. Mm -hmm. And then I grew up, I started getting exposed to different artists like Alvin Ailey. Yes. And I got into modern and I wanted to start choreographing. And it was just 
the translation of ballet of how they're able to use their artistry of storytelling through movement and you have audio and costumes bringing you into that experience right and it's just like amazing to me how just the music alone can take you somewhere like take you on an adventure when you're going through iTunes and exploring through the music catalog of different artists that you never heard of, I'm just amazed that these people don't get Grammys. Like they're talented and amazing, but it's like, it's, it gives me hope and joy and that kind of like that release of that emotion that I was dragging around all day, happy, sad, angry, just exposing myself to different environments and letting that journey run through my body and mind and, you know. Here's something hip too. Um, the very first time I ever did theater, I was in high school and we did Godspell. And I was kind of like hooked, you know, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool and stuff, you know. But when I got up here, I was in a show called Dancing in the Streets, uh, which was, down at the it was next move theater which isn't there anymore and that was with a guy named um billy wilson who choreographed it and through billy has had two tonys and while through working with him i really saw how the combination of music and dance work together with a great choreographer Boom, how you tell that visual story. And it was just like, wow, wow, you know. And that's where I really, really, you know, I mean, I always liked theater, but then it was just like, it was another thing, man. And so when I got into Black Nativity, I was like, yeah, this is really cool too and stuff, you know, and like, uh, because the person who was the musical director of, Dancing in the Streets was also the musical director and producer of Black Nativity. So it was, it's amazing, man. It's like you say, so much, you know, like you, like, how come some of these people aren't, more people have, have Tonys, you know, and stuff, you know, and through all of that and, and Emmys, man, because like, yeah, choreograph for TV shows, man. It's amazing. I'm I'm always amazed by choreographers, man. I truly yeah. It's it's an experience. Not only are you the teacher, you're also the student because you're always reflecting on your work, and then you have to understand what the audience is feeling. I'm not sure about you, but we go through a panel of judges, and they're just like, "We like this. We like that. Take out this. Add that. Let's work on the lighting next." let's work on the costume. It's like a whole, it's like a benchmark requirement <laughs> that you go through. Right, well, or in the professional world, they call that full dress rehearsals. Yeah. Full dress rehearsals, because then you're like, all right, we're getting that lighting right. Like, no, no, you know, lighting cue 12, three, you know, or whatever, so, it is, 12 you know. C, you know, and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> like, you know, all right, no. 7-H, get that one right over there. Boom, boom, boom. You're going through all of that. That's another thing, too. I worked with this lighting guy who had worked with, like, Todd Rundgren, and he worked with the Grateful Dead. And 
this was a guy who'd been all around the world and worked with major artists and like and i've and you know i when when i was there i i got to see him work and i got to work with someone like that and all of a sudden i was like oh you really, you know, you really understand that too when you really see it, when you really work with a real pro, you know. He's no longer with us. He transitioned uh, probably about 10 years ago, but he was like, I saw his artistry and I was like, I understood. I was, I was playing, but, you know, by what he was doing on stage, I was, I was able to feel the emotions come through. So it's like... It's combining all those things. And that was his voice. That was his voice. Yeah. Light. Light. I mentioned in my fundraiser video, the previous episode from a couple of days ago, I like being in the whole creator space. It's like I come to rehearsals like before the show, two hours early. I want to see them build the set. I want them to see... I want to see the lighting. I want to see everything. I want to know everybody's role, how I can contribute to this. How can I contribute to me? It's like a full out team. And I thank them every show, every rehearsal, because they're bringing my vision together and people take them for granted. They're like, let me be a diva. I run this, but no, without them, what you got a stage with an empty audience. <laughs> right. Right. Man. Uh, I'm I'm always talking to the production people and always saying them thank you for your help and everything because yeah, yeah uh, without them man you're just some guy standing up there on stage <laughs> or for you you know it's just like <laughs> you're a guy like talking all right imagine this happening all right now imagine that happening you know and this guy over here he's going to be saying this you know that's all it is that's yeah I'm cooking but they appreciate my work ethic like I want them to see my vision and make it happen in some type of way. Yes. Yes. I don't like the fact that we always have to make disclosure like strobe lights. There's no real guns or, you know, it takes out the interest thing concept. But I guess you got to warn people for people's safety and people get seizures. But if we didn't have that, people would be more surprised. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah, yeah, (laughs) very much so. Very much so. Because, you know. The last thing you want is a lawsuit. Right. That is true. Beware of lawsuits. (laughs) (laughs) I think the last point that we have for finding your voice is your values, what you believe in, and what are these core you need day-to-day to perfect your craft. Whether you're an artist, an entrepreneur, or just a regular person who doesn't have these fancy titles at the moment. What are some of your values that you live by? Always being honest, always being true to yourself. Um, you know, I like a lot of different styles of music, but also, you know, we see a lot of things, a lot of injustice, a lot of good things happening, a lot of bad things happening. And that affects our art. That affects our art in a big way. That affects what we want to say as an artist. You know, that affects 
how we feel as just a person. And man, when you, uh, when you internalize that, like this is kind of bringing back all the things about being who you are and your voice and stuff. When you internalize that and you let out what you feel, because you have to, you have to speak from your voice. You have to say, you have to be, you have to say how you feel. Otherwise, if you're keeping that stuff locked in, man, that's no good for you. You know, that's causing cancers and <laughs> people all getting all kinds of internal issues and stuff. You know, they got to go to see the doctor for this and the doctor for that because they held all that stuff in. Don't hold that stuff in. You know, you got to let it out. It comes out through your art. I mean, you can't be have no social skills, you know, you got to, you have to be socially, you have to put it in a way where you're not, you have to put it in a way where people understand you and they're not like, they're not taking offense right away. They're like, they're opening to listening to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Um, I agree with that. And it's kind of as the podcasts and I have the different speakers It's because I noticed that a lot of people take on other people's personalities from looking online or TV. And it's just like, find your own voice. And they're like, this is my voice. I'm like, no, you sound exactly and you're dressing exactly like this person. And we call those people influencers. Right. Like, are they really influencers or are they imposters or are you trying to be an imposter of them? (laughs) <laughs> it's, not, it's not about the likes, the clicks, the whole, I have a million followers. I'm like, most of these people pay for that. So just yeah. being honest. How about that? How about that? You know, I like that you call them imposters. <laughs> That's good. I'm, I'm stealing that. <laughs> Don't <mean> on that. <laughs> Man, it's like. There is. It's just bizarre. There's a song. There was an old song. Um, there was a band called the um, Counting Crows, and they had this song called "Mr. Jones and Me." And in one of the lines, one of the lines, he goes, "We all want to be big stars, but we don't know how." And it's like they're just. Some people are just like copying. Because I see that working for someone, but like we had mentioned before our experience is going to be different just because you watch. Here's my thing. Everybody watches these YouTube videos. Please continue watching mine, but I'm just speaking of overall. But a lot of these creators take information from other people's channel and to say the same thing, but it's under their, it's under their channel, but they're making it seem like it's under their voice or whatever. And it's really not. And, and it's time for us to take charge and like, Let's find videos that help us give us solutions, like tips, not giving you the right answers. Because even with my channel, I'm like, I give you definitions. I tell you what the story is going to be about. We break it down into different components so people can understand and translate it. Yes, my videos are kind of long, but if you watch the whole thing, you get a lot of substance out of it versus a 15-minute video that just tells you, five steps of how to get rich. And these people don't really live that lifestyle. Why are you listening to that person of get rich in a week? Does that make sense to you? Are you born with that type of privilege? Are you born with money? Or do you 
live with your parents or are you living in your car? Because these are real stories. These are real stories and those are real situations. And yeah, you know, here's something else too. Everybody is losing their um, attention span. Nobody can think longer than five minutes at a time, you know, and stuff like that. So it's like, and it's, man, people have to start getting smarter. They have to start getting smarter, man. They have to start paying attention more because things are changing around and they're not necessarily for the better. Not necessarily for, some might be. But there's still other things going on that, you know, you got to keep your eyes open and you have to learn. You have to learn. It's, it's not like you were saying, you just can't give them the answers in 15 minutes. You know, they have to go through it. They have to go through it. Otherwise, they're not going to internalize it. They're not going to get their voice out of it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now we're going to go into finding your passion. What do you believe that you're good at? (laughs) Talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) No. We know. (laughs) I'm going to keep this in the video. (laughs) That's so funny. But personally, what do you think you're good at? as you as Lenny Bradford, the person, and then you as the artist. And I'm gonna give you that title artist because you actually put in the time and effort. You're not just trying to entertain the crowd. You actually try to build that connection. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm trying to do that. Uh, I'm trying to help when I'm working with people. Like if I'm teaching in a teaching situation, I wanna show people, what I think I'm good at is just showing people different stuff i can show you look here's 30 different ways that something is done oh and by the way i got another 30 you know (laughs) it's like (laughs) i can show you i can show you all different types of things and it's like i can't make you do something but i can just point you in the right direct i can point you in the in a direction and i can by showing you 30 things i can point you in multiple directions and it's up for you to choose which direction you like so i'm i'm pretty good at turning people on to different things i'd say i'm pretty good at that i i'm i'm passionate about helping people grow muse artistically grow Mm -hmm. artistically doesn't matter what their art is i want people to be the best that they can be you know because it benefits all of us it truly does man it's like you know all right here's an example i went to berkeley and they had me come back and give a speech about my berkeley experience Mm -hmm. so one of the things i said was you know view your time here as like the symbol of the car the audi you know it's got those four circles right Mm -hmm. you grab all the friends you can grab that's that first circle 
then get out of that circle, grab a whole nother circle of friends. Get out of that circle, grab a whole nother circle of friends. Get out of that circle, grab a whole nother circle of friends and do that. And like people now call it networking. So you're networking, but here's the thing. When you get out of college, you're gonna need those people and they're gonna need you. So if everybody's working together, you know, they're going to call you up to, hey, you know, Bobby, man, you know, you know, we got we got a national tour coming up. We're, you know, we we're going up and down the East Coast and we, we need it. We need to dancer for for a couple of uh, for, for the tour. You know, can you fill in for us for, for the month? Oh, you might not. You might be out of work that month. It's something that comes in for you and helps you, you know. Yeah, opportunity. I would speak yeah, up. Exactly, exactly. You might say, you know, hey man, listen, listen, I, I need someone to write some songs for this play that I got going, you know, and stuff like that. You know, like someone comes in and helps you, you know. Everybody helps each other. It's um building each other up. It really does. It's uh, it's good for everybody. It's good for everybody. I, and that's one of the things I try to get everybody to do, work together. Understand. You know, like what the other people are doing and just, you know, be encouraging of other people. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I know for me personally, I am my brand. And I'll say it like this. When people think of Bobby O'Perry, they think of dance, choreographing. People forget that I do other things. So it's definitely great that I started this business. Everyone always asks me who's doing the lighting, the sound. All this stuff is all me. Mm-hmm. Well, simple directions. Hopefully everybody can follow and make everything that I'm envisioning come to life. But I thought with this business, I introduced storytelling through podcasts because my niche is documentary. I make films um, that tell stories. So I thought it was important to, when I have guests, tell their stories as long, along with mine. You know, so people have different perspectives, seeing that something worked for me, it may not have worked for someone else, but this person has a different experience, but I haven't tried it. And maybe I might want to try something different. I know journaling, I just started to implement that into my life after an episode that I did. And I thought, maybe I'm too busy. I can't commit to this. But I was like, let me commit once a week to do this. And turns out I'm doing it once or twice a week and I really enjoy it getting all my thoughts out really? sometimes and always been out your whole life story in a video because no one really cares but getting that opportunity to come up with different top- topics that I'm interested in reaching out to different people some people reach out to me on Instagram and say that we want to be featured and I'm like do you have a brand or business that you want to talk about yeah I do healthcare. hey we're in a pandemic let's talk about health Oh, hell yeah. Very good. Man, I'm very proud of you. You Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm creating that voice for people who are introvert and kind of shy and don't want to be in front of the camera. But guess what? Your story needs to be heard in some type of form. And people really appreciate it. And hopefully they resonate with you. And be like, maybe I want to start up a channel. Maybe I want to start up a podcast. Maybe I want to start filming projects about other people's stories if not mine man that's beautiful that is beautiful i applaud you i applaud you thank you (laughs) all day and all night
it's exciting. And I hope that my channel continues to grow. And I do have a lot of projects coming out soon. And we'll get into that at the end of the podcast. But what are some of your inspirations? Who did you look up to and admire and you wanted to be similar to them? Not like them, but similar. Man, all right, playing bass. I really liked Stanley Clark coming up. And there were other people that I was listening to. I had no idea who they were until I got older and I started doing the research. And I was like, oh, I really like Ray Brown. Yeah. Oh, I've been listening to him all along. I like Little Richard. I've been listening to him all along. I, mm-hmm. I like, yeah, you know, all these people. And I, oh, uh, man, I still, you know, and here's the thing about finding your voice. Uh, it was taking all these things that I liked and internalizing them all and have them come out as me, Lenny Bradford, LB on the bass. Uh, because, you know, I didn't want to play exactly like this person, exactly like that person, because this guy over here, he did, he has a lick or two that I like, you know, I want to throw that in, you know, I'll do that and, and add that to something else that's totally Hmm. in left field, you know, (laughs) so everybody looks at you like, did you just play that? I go, yeah. And they, okay, you know, and so these were my influences growing up and I liked all different styles of music. So, and, you know, and funny things happen to you, you know, like when you do things, uh, uh, I was telling somebody the other day about the very first time I ever sang on stage, you know, I was just, you know, I was feeling it. I, I, it was my first gig with this band. And uh, I think I was like 16, 14, 15, somewhere around there, 15, 16. And the leader of the band goes, all right. He, put, he, took, he took his guitar off, set it on stage. He goes, and now on bass, Lenny Bradford. And he walked <laughs> off stage and sat down in the front of the audience with his girlfriend. And I'm looking at him. And I look over the drummer. The drummer's looking at me. And the guitar player's looking at me. I look back at him, and him and his girlfriend are looking at me. I look around the audience, and everybody's looking at me. I'm like, oh, I gotta sing something. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> and that's how I started, you know. So little, little funny things happen to you that, you know, are not, that you don't necessarily have control over, but you gotta be ready for. You mm-hmm. got to be ready for, it. and that adds to your voice as a musician, and it's it it becomes your influence. It becomes your influence because, like, all of a sudden, you have to start taking in other things, you know, and so you become the sponge. And I'm sure this has happened to you too. You become the sponge, taking it all in, just like sucking in that, sucking in this, sucking in that which is why you're doing the choreography, you're doing the, the podcast, why you're doing the journal, why you're doing this, that, and the other, you know? Writing plays, boom. It's like, you're a sponge, you're a sponge. And like, and this is you, and this is how you become. 
the green bobby pair <laughs> <laughs> working on being coming great but there's much room to to improve always always that's like i said earlier in the very beginning you learn until you you know until you die you know but for me it was definitely alvin ailey and martin luther king and i say them not only because they're black because let's get that out there um it's because they had a mission they wanted their voice being heard they didn't care about what other people thought about them they were confident. They had a mission. They had a goal. They had followers. They were like philanthropists, you know, being able to change people's views, expose them into different dialogues and perspectives, whether it's in public speaking, whether it's on stage, whether you're just trying to get other cultures to be a part of something big, let people know something that is more than what you just see, but what you fail. And I definitely looked up to them a lot growing up and hopefully my journey, I can give that fulfillment to other people. And even if you pass away, your legacy still grows because you inspired other people to continue your legacy. Yes. Yes. Very true. Very true. You are so correct. Yeah. Alvin Ailey was such, man, such an innovator, you know? And, and of course, Dr. King, that goes without saying, you know, and that was a brave man, you know, because he was getting death threats all the time. But yet he stood, he stood his ground. He stood his ground and he said what had to be said. He got beat up a couple of times. He got thrown in jail. But, but in yeah, our opinion, he just know. came back stronger. Yes, yes. And, you know, and. That's like just being consistent and just really following your passion. And sometimes that can change, you know, like you don't always have to conform to what people say that you have to be because you're good at something, maybe have an interest in something else. Like I watched the movie Soul for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, wow, this two hour movie really changed my life over. I'm like, do I just want to be known as just a dancer, choreographer, or do I want to be known as this creator? because I like telling story and all types of art forms. And what it keeps me motivated is being able to edit things, tweak things, because if you're not tweaking these things, you're creating more error, you know? Yes, yes. And that is part of the growing process, man. You are on your, you're on your way, man. You're doing the right thing. You have the right, you have the right mindset. You have the right mindset. Yes, and it's, you know, it's, it's that constant growing thing though. And, and like, and being, being more than, it, it's again, the multifaceted thing, you know, because as people, as humans, as human souls, we we're exposed to many things and we can like many things because it's part of who we are. We can, you know, no one says I can't cook. I can cook. I like cooking. <laughs> you know? At least yeah. the house doesn't burn down, but the, don't. <laughs> I can make y'all some breakfast food, but that's my limit. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I've actually got a repertoire. I'm growing. I'm growing. <laughs> you know, it's what it's like. 
you know, girl, you know, there's all kinds of things, you know, it's just, it's good. It's, it's, man, you know, as, as, as artists, we take all this stuff in, we take all this uh, in and we, and we, and we, again, it comes out of us as our voice, as our passion, because we feel strongly about, you know, what someone said, what, what, what Dr. King said, you know, um, what Reverend Jackson said, you know, what, what, whoever it, it, again, it, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a modern situation because there are people from the past who were saying great things. There are people in the future who will say, you know, Red Cloud, you know, that was a smart man. <laughs> that was a very yeah. smart man, you know. And uh, so, you know, there's there's just all kinds of things, you know. It's just, you know. This is going to be a combined question of how did you identify yourself as a kid versus now and the, the expectations meet your reality? Ooh. I'll give you a moment. I think. knew I was different. <laughs> I knew I was a little different from everybody else. Um, and so again, that was kind of being shy, just kind of keeping it in, kind of watching, you know, but also at the same time, I was into like knowledge. So I, 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 there were things that I was into that I liked, really liked. I liked history. <laughs> you know, one of, the, one of the first things I ever start, you know, you know, like I was, I was little and I found the encyclopedias at the house. My, 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 you know, they had been my older sisters and I was like, Oh, what are these books? You know? And I just started going through the encyclopedias and I was just like, oh, wow. So I knew at a young age, I had to get out of the house. I had to get out of my little town. I knew there was a big world and that I had to see it. I knew that before I was in kindergarten. I didn't know how to go about doing that. <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, so all my life, all my life, I've always known what I wanted for the most part. I've always known what I wanted. I just never knew how to do it, go about getting it. So it was always me butting my head through and like, all right, boom. Oh, that didn't work. Boom. Ah, that one didn't work. Oh, okay that one works, you know, or a combination of this one and that one worked. Um, so growing up is a tough experience. You know, teenagers really, really know that, you know, because they're growing up and they're feeling things, they're, their body's changing. I used to see that with you guys all the time, like seventh, seventh and eighth graders. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, I, I used to call it the knucklehead years, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, you know, like, but it was cool because you have to go through that. I know I went through it, you know, and it was like, all right, but even, you know, you gotta, you gotta point, at least point it in a direction. So I was just trying to 
growing up trying to be me, trying to be me, wanting to be me. And you run into people who have their own version of who you should be or what you should be. And I wasn't, uh, you know, sometimes you get caught in that and you can't get out of it. And you're like, all right. And you have to find a way to break away from that person and move on and be you and be honest to who you are and be what you feel inside. Oh yeah, growing up, the reality, you know, of what I thought as a little kid would happen to my life as opposed to what has happened in my life. I've been two totally, not two totally different things, but it has been different, you know? I'm still shooting for the things that I wanted when I was a little kid. Like I always wanted to travel, you know? When I was reading those encyclopedias, knowing that there was a big world out there and I knew I wanted to get out there in it. For the most part, I've done that. I've done that. And I've done that with music, which I love. I love music. Boom. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like to play the bass. <laughs> oh, hey, look, the bass will help me to go over to this, to this country, get to Spain, get to France, you know? Yeah, let's do that. I'm down, you know? <laughs> Two things in one, you know? <laughs> For me, um, I definitely achieved a lot of my goals and exceeded a lot of people's expectations. I think people projected their negative insecurities onto me to tear me down. Mm-hmm. But I knew for me, I just kept myself in a little bubble and I was focused on just being me and finding myself. It was like a long going journey. I know when I turned 16, a lot was going on. You're maturing into like a young adult. Sometimes you're kind of like rebellious, but that's the journey of finding yourself. Sometimes people don't see your growth, but you see it. Like some people try to handicap you, if I'm, if that makes sense. Yes, very much so. You just have to get them to get the wheelchair out of your way and let you have that opportunity to walk. Learn on your own what's mistake and what doesn't work. Maybe it comes out better than what they expected, you know? Right. But let, but let people who are creating have that experience to get their voice heard. Yes. Art form. Don't handicap them. Because everyone, they could be speaking to different people. You might have a different target audience for them. Um, we talk about personas when it comes to business. Like uh, identifying who are these different groups. Is it the certain age that you're looking for? A certain demographic, geographic. Um, what time of the day do they watch a video if you're doing YouTube or Instagram? Um, what are their habits? How many impressions do you have? I'm using like um, social media terms if you don't. Mm-hmm. Analogy. Mm-hmm. But what's going to make them click on your photo or video? And what message do you want them to experience? Yes. Yes, this is all important. You know, I liked what you were saying about, you know, things about the handicapped, you know, like, you know, do not handicap, you know, the artist. Let the artists get out there and get their voice heard and get their things seen, you know? Um, One thing, 
And I saw this happen. I saw this happen. All these classic rock stations, being a musician, this, you know, I, I can only talk from my experience. So all of a sudden, uh, I was seeing all these classic rock radio coming in. And 80s, you know, music only of the 60s, 70s, 80s, or 80s and 90s, you know, you're seeing radio stations like that. And what those stations did, they took away the opportunity for creativity among the music community. All of a sudden, you lost an outlet to be heard. You know, because, oh, you can't, you know, the station used to play your stuff. Now they only play 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, where do you go? You know, college radio. There's only, you know, it's only heard during certain times. And they, you know, and even their stuff is kind of structured, you know, but mm-hmm. at least they'll give you a chance. But like, unless you're with a major artist. And 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 here's another thing. You take a major radio station, they, the DJs don't get to play what they want to play anymore. It's all formatted. There's one guy, the the station manager, the GM, and he's saying, all right. He's regulating. All right, this is what we play for this hour. This is what we play for this second hour. And then we turn it over. We play it again. Third hour, fourth hour. Then we turn it over. Fifth hour, sixth hour. Then the new DJ comes in. And we're going to change it a little bit. Boom, 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 boom. And this is what you play, you know. And that's what it is. DJs used to have more autonomy. They used to be able to play what they wanted to play. They, They had to play a certain amount of things. But they could also throw in their own thing, you know, but not anymore. So it's, they, that's how they clamp down on the music community. The dance community, I don't know. I see you guys fighting back. I see you guys, you know, like all the little dance studios, you guys, like I see people throwing in, uh, having, having shows that I, you know, and it's like, wow, yeah, you guys are still doing it. You guys are still, you know, you know, granted, you know, I, it's not a big, a big stage like the Schubert, you know, but it is you guys getting something out there and doing it, you know, you know, a lot of, you know, they've shut that down for so many bands, you know, bands can only, you know, people don't want to hear original music like they used to do. When I first came up here, no one was playing in a cover band. Everybody was playing in original bands. You know, you're playing your own music, music you were creating. You were the writer, you were the creator. What I used to always tell you guys is that whatever you guys hear on the radio, you can write something better. And that was one of the reasons to have you guys write the songs and take you guys into the studio. So you could create your song and you could see Oh yeah, they aren't doing anything better than me. You know, the the media is going to tell you that their stuff is better. You know, you know, someone they might have somebody paying. You know, somebody saying, uh, "Oh yeah," uh, you know, publicist a publicist to say, "Oh yeah, this is the best. This is the best." You know, buy this, buy this. But you can write anything better. You can write, and that's what yep. I try to instill in you guys. Yeah, it's definitely hard in the music industry. 
I feel like even with all these people winning these awards, I don't think they give enough credit to the people who are behind the scenes that make these songs. I, I feel like we should have a platform kind of like with the Oscars where we see the songwriters, get them some exposure, not just a little credit that no one's going to read, you know? Right, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Here's another thing, too. With that, all right. All right. Here's Joe's newest record. The, the artist that I work with is Joe Lewis Walker. And this is the new record. I mean, Joe's someone who's still putting it out, you know, like, you know, this is a CD. Now, most people don't buy CDs anymore. I know. Which is bad. You know, we used to buy records, you know, LPs, long, big yeah. ones, you know, like That's when like... I was, you know, <laughs> something like that. I might even have one of those around here somewhere. <laughs> and then it got down to C, compact disc. Uh, and now people stream. What this, this gives the credits of who the people were on the songs. Who wrote the songs? Who, who produced it? Produced by Joe Lewis Walker and Scott Petito. Man, when you stream, you don't get any of this information. Where do you find out? Oh, wow, that song was really good. Who played guitar on it? Who was the drummer on that? Was there even a real drummer? It might have been a drum machine. That's true. I was going to say that I am going to make an episode in the future talking about copywriting. Not to give some context to that, just because you bought music off of iTunes doesn't mean that you had the rights to it. You have to go to these third-party sources, whether it's Musicbed, Artlist, um, what else, Epidemic Sound, Soundstrike, just naming a few, to get full rights. And even they have limitations, like say if you're trying to use it on television, they have like their own criteria of like how much it costs, which is like thousands of dollars, depending on how big their audience is. Mm -hmm. And some they monetize on how many subscribers you have, like read the fine print or even ask the support team right before you subscribe, you know? Yes. Yeah, because man, the songwriters aren't getting paid for their songs anymore. They're not. No, uh, Pharrell brought that up when, you know, with Happy, you know, how much he, you know, he didn't make, you know, and should have made, you know, you know, and, and that's a real thing, you know all the streaming you know it's like it's like they're taking the musician out of the music mm -hmm. and the audience is different people aren't into what tells that narrative people are just like i want to dance i want to i don't know the mindset is so different it is like they're taking that creativity out of the picture yes yes exactly exactly and and it's almost like they don't even care. They don't. Like my friend, when we were doing the fundraiser campaign, he had, a, he had wrote a couple of songs and his music was stolen, copyright infringed by an artist and a person got a Grammy off of it. No. This is, these are real stories. It's crazy how things work and I'm still trying to figure out things with dance. How do I copyright um, dance because it's just movement and people can improvise kind of like with jazz music. 
but there are certain genres where you can't change the chords. It's kind of like ballet music. Like there's that certain tone, certain um, sound that you're accustomed to, whether it's classical ballet, romantic, or contemporary, or any other genre of ballet. But it's like, if you want respect, you have to give it both ways, you know? Yes. And how do us as a creator get our voices heard in a way that doesn't come off offensive because we want to come into the room and say, this is our music. We don't give you rights or permission to do what you're trying to do, you know? Mm -hmm. How do we explain that in words or not even in words, but when you write out your report? Because I believe when you just say something, it doesn't really mean anything. But if you have things written down, it has a stronger impact. I agree with that. I agree with that, you know, and that's Joe's like, man, I have lawyers. He goes, I'm lawyered up. <laughs> He's up there. You know? He's up there. Most of us can't even afford lawyers. Right. You know, I mean, he's he's in a situation where. You know. He's an artist where he he's he's on Cleopatra Records. He's on a, he's on a major label. Even what. All right, I'm on, let's see, I'm on four of his last five recordings, say, uh, five under his name. And, you know, I have songs on these records, you know, so it's like, the stuff has to be copywritten. But, you know, he's in a situation where, you know, because of this, he keeps himself in a situation where, you know, if anybody's coming after his stuff, boom. He's, he's ready, you know, he's ready to handle it with the lawyer, you know, it's like, and this is something I have learned, you know, because I was not in that situation, you know, I had no concept of that. like, how do you do that, you know, how do you afford the lawyer and stuff like that until, mm -hmm. until I started working with this man, you know, he's, he's great, you know, he's, you know, and he's, you know, he's someone who's been around, he's been there, you know, he knows he knows the world, you know, and not just the music world, you know, he can tell you about, you know, Fannie Lou Hamer, you know, he knew her, you know, you know, you know, so speaking with the civil rights, you know, and stuff, you know, he's just a great man. He's a great man. Definitely. sounds like it. We're going to close out. What are some key messages that you would like to give to our audience to get them to get on their feet and start pursuing their passion instead of just like listening to what we're just saying <laughs> just get up and do something get out and do something say you hear a song in your head can you play an instrument maybe you can't get a right Get a little recorder, you know, take your phone, go to that camera, you know, hit that, hit that section where it says record, you know, film yourself singing the song. Go to somebody, go to a musician that you know, because you know someone, you know someone who plays an instrument and say, hey, can you help me with this? Boom. Here, you know, I've got this going, you know, get started, get started. you like, maybe you want to be the singer. You know, start listen, you know, sing along to the radio. 
Sing along to old songs. Sing along to new songs. But sing. Sing in church. Man, folks be singing in church, you know. <laughs> right there. Yeah, right? You know. Uh, and in Boston? In Boston? Man, come on. Everybody and his mother moved here from all over the world. You can find anything, everything. You want to cook, you want a restaurant, you want to cook, boom, every kind of restaurant's there. Uh, you want to play any style of music, it's all there. It's, I've played, I've played in Brazilian bands, I've played in salsa bands, uh, played in all kinds of rock, heavy metal bands. <laughs> I've played country western, I've played uh, classical, I've played uh, blues, jazz. Uh, capoeira. Remember, I was teaching capoeira at the school for a little bit. Yeah, that was an interesting class. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> but it was because I brought it in because it was music, because it was, you know, it's a martial art that's music based. So, yeah. and you know, the origins of it is really inspiring. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very deep. And so everything is there in the Boston area. There's nothing you can't find and learn how to do and be good at and be good at. I would like to close out by saying, finding your vision, finding your purpose, just be you. Find what makes you happy. Find out what makes you sad. Find out what you're good at. Maybe you're not good at something. See if you can improve on that or just skip that skill in general. <laughs> Go to um, something else. Always be curious too. Definitely be curious. Following your passion. Everything could change. What you veer yourself 10 years from now might be something different from 20 or 30 years from now. <laughs> just find something that works and try to find some sustainability in some type of way. And just be yourself. Like I said, take this video Stop watching other videos, but listen to this video and get up and move. Like I tell everyone, be consistent, have accountability, take action. Don't just listen to us. Just do it. Kind of like what Nike says, just go out and make yourself happy. Exactly. Put that one foot in front of the other foot. Keep walking. Keep, you know, another thing, too, is keeping your body in shape. Mm -hmm. very important my father used to always say if you have your health you know you really are the wealthiest man in the world and it didn't really hit me until I got older and I got diabetes man it was like oh daddy used to always say this you know and it's like all right and then I really had to take myself I had to really take my health seriously you know because when you're young you think you're immortal and that's you know, true you know you're like right, nothing will <laughs> happen to me <laughs> oh boy <laughs> i understand cousin dance the wear and tear on your body it definitely ages you very fast <laughs> take care of your knees young brother take care yeah. of your knees have friends with knee replacements and that's real life <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. i'm going through that right now I've, Never had an issue with like my body, you know, it's like, I've always been active all my life. I've always been for the most part in good shape. I, you know, 
I ate a lot of chocolate cake, but <laughs> <laughs> which got me the diabetes probably. But you know, <laughs> but I've always been healthy, healthy, and then. But you know, this this might be a symptom of the diabetes, my knee and stuff like that, my leg right now. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm not on the road right now, too. Uh, I can't sit for more than two hours and stuff like that. You know, like us sitting here doing this is, you know, I'm good for another ten minutes, and I'm going to have to get, stand right. up and walk around. <laughs> but you know, I can still talk to you. <laughs> I just yeah. got to stand up. <laughs> Where can people find you? Are you on Instagram, social media, and where can we find your music? Um, yeah, you know, I've seen all kinds of things of me on YouTube. That I was like, oh, how'd that get up there? Who did that? You know, <laughs> but uh, um, I don't really have my own thing out there. I'm just, I'm on a lot of stuff. You will find me everywhere. I am on Instagram, Lenny Bradford. I am on Facebook. Uh, again, Lenny Bradford. Uh, I'm on, you'll see pictures of me. Like if you see Joe Lewis Walker, cause I've been with him since 2012, you know, and artists that I've been with before that, you know, uh, I've played with a lot of people, man, a lot of people. Um, like, like, like when we talk about dancing in the streets, um, that's the, we got a plaque, uh, from the governor. We're the longest running all black musical in Boston history. Wow. That's great. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I've done all kinds of different things, you know, so it's not just plain blues, you know, I played that, you know, again, I played, you know, going to Berkeley, I, I went to school with a lot of different people. So like, you know, I see, you know, I'm out there doing, I, I run into friends all the time, uh, Branford Marsalis or say like Kevin Eubanks, who was the musical director with uh, Jay Leno on his TV show. Um, And I see people all the time, you know, folks that I went to school with, you know, and we're all out there doing it. I'm around. I'm around. You you, you (laughs) Google me. (laughs) That's awesome. Lenny Bradford, you know, and I come up on all kinds of stuff, you know, and, you know, my name pops up because I did this, I did that, you know, so like there's my, there might be an interview in some, uh, in some magazine. I've seen interviews in magazines from different countries where I'm in or got mentioned and stuff like that, you know, so uh, I'm out there. You can, um, I do have a campaign going on Kickstarter. The link is in the bio support my channel we i have a web series that is coming out next year hopefully we can meet our goal of four thousand dollars yay i'm excited for that and the guests that i'm going to have on this and this is going to be all done in person live recordings and if you read the descriptions um in the link it'll tell you more detail of how everything's going to be formatted you can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, B. Perry Films. I have four empty slots for February and March um, B. Perry Films podcast if you want to be featured. If you have a band, a brand or business, please reach out to me if you're interested in it and please sign up for those four slots if you qualify for that or feel confident for that. I'm fun to work with. And as you can see, we're 10 episodes in. 
and we're going to keep the momentum going. So thank you. I'm going to close out. <laughs> right on. Right on. Bobby, I just want to say I'm very proud of you. And you rock, man. You're doing a great job. Continue. Continue. Thank you. <laughs>